0: Dot C-A. that's ADULTBRAIN. Dot CA.
1: America. Healing an immune suppressed condition is no different from healing um, cancer or um parkinson's um at all to
2: me okay guys welcome back to the grand america show episode 521 i think we're gonna be talking to kimberly meredith a little bit later about uh some more healing stuff before we switch gears here for a while fun chat and we got uh, everybody's favorite podcaster graham dunlop joining us Hey, buddy! From, from Studio B over there. Studio B. <laughs> Studio eighty four.
3: Studio B. Yeah.
2: And uh, yeah, we're gonna come at you with an intro here and let you know what's up. we I think you're fully recovered from the hunt now.
3: Uh, yeah, you know how I can tell. Actually, it's narrating that that it's narrating that I can tell because for a while there i couldn't take uh i couldn't uh i'd had to take a break between like one or two sentences Like i could, couldn't even catch my breath enough to to make it flow but now i can pre- i think I'm, I'm pretty much back to normal the only thing that doesn't last right now is my voice
2: what do you voice narrating goes now?
3: away after what
2: what are you narrating now
3: oh the occult i'm finishing off the occult world so it's a bunch of stories of Madame Blavatsky and uh, AP Senate and a bunch of people from India and the Theosophical Society. Like, it's actually super interesting. It, it, oh, man, I, I'm really looking forward to this one coming out because it's all about, like, them them communicating with the brothers of the secret society. Like, it's all these, all these uh, incident, uh, incidents and evidence of... Madame Blavatsky and her friends in India doing all these crazy things and communicating with the brothers and sending notes back and forth. They describe it, dude. I was I was looking for. I got to find this quote in there. They describe it exactly the way cell phones and wireless technology works. That's how it's described in the 1800s.
2: Crazy, you know. And then you're gonna jump back on ISIS Unveiled?
3: And then and then I'm gonna start ISIS Unveiled two.
2: Currently our best seller right now. So in, ISIS no, in Unveiled? November so far, Isis Unveiled volume one is wow. the top selling oh, book yeah, this it's... month. Most so people wanna pick that up, head over to uh to Audible or or um Audible, iTunes. Yeah, I think yeah, I, Audible and iTunes has gotta be like ninety eight percent of the market these days. I I think yeah. just Audible is like eighty <laughs> percent. Let's be honest, most of you are probably listening on on Audible. Um, just type in Graham Dunlop, and they all come up. And the beauty about that is you won't just get the books that we've published and released. You'll get all the other ones he's done, too, for like Eric P. Antony. great, yeah. some great books in there. Song of the Immortal Beloved.
3: Yeah, thanks for mentioning yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, that's a great one on
2: spiritual alchemy. I
3: mean, he's got like alchemical meditations in there. And, and, and,
2: and then there's all the medical ones, from- too, right? That you did for, uh, was it Mark Sloan?
3: Mark Sloan, yeah. Mark Sloan's books are in there. Yeah.
2: The End All Disease Guy. He's got yep. a bunch of stuff in there. So, I mean, you can go to Adult Brain too, get from there. I haven't updated the site in a little while, but that'll get you on. You know what I should do is I should just make a button at the top of Adult Brain that takes you right to the Graham Dunlop search results. And bam, you can there it. would be the I'd whole sure, list. I but, think you yeah. could. I think yeah. you could because I don't link to the iTunes anyway because I don't know how to. It's like hard to link to iTunes stuff. Wow, really? I well,
0: there's, not, the like a, there's no. not like a
2: there's not like a web page for it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Audible I mean, okay, has a website that I can navigate to and navigate to your book and look at the page for it. iTunes wonder, doesn't have that.
3: I wonder if you bought a book uh, a month in iTunes, if it would be less expensive than a monthly uh-huh. Audible membership.
2: <laughs> nah, no, I don't think so.
3: No, Audible's still... And the experience
2: yeah. isn't as good. I mean, let's be honest, Audible's got the listening experience pretty nailed down. Um, the other thing, and this isn't an ad for Audible, but they don't give us any money. So I forget what I was going to say. I was going to say that, uh, I mean, because when I do Audible, you pay the 14 bucks a month or whatever, and you get a free book. And then I don't buy books. I'll just buy the three credits at a time. So, for yeah. another like thirty nine bucks so you can get yeah. you end up getting three credits for about thirteen bucks each, and then I use those to buy my books with,
3: yeah, and sometimes there's the odd deal that comes out you can wait for those deals, yeah, and sometimes they'll give they'll give like fifty percent off a whole whack of books, and they then they can tell that maybe one of those is in your wish list, like if you use your wish list properly i think you get notified of deals that you might like there's sometimes there's two for ones or free books even like i got that the north wind book um
2: shit what does the itunes app even look like these days It was for
3: free yeah i don't know i'm listening oh it's the star
2: it's the purple white with purple with the white star you know i'm gonna look for your book of yours in here right now because i've fucking never looked in the store here before which one pick one
3: Uh, religion of the Chinese.
2: Oh, you just, is it ancient religion of the Chinese? No, it's, I always thought it was, but it's just religion
3: of the Chinese. I've been calling it ancient religion of the Chinese for so long, but it's really just religion of the Chinese. I posted it on Instagram the other day, um, with some highlights on there.
2: Oh, what a terrible fucking interface.
3: Is it? I'm listening to Avi Loeb's book right now called Extraterrestrial. He's like, a pro- I think he's a professor at Harvard or astrophysics. I mean, his, his resume is unbelievable. He's coming on the show in a few weeks, but uh, it's pretty interesting so far. Talking about that 2000, 2017 object that came through the, the uh, I don't know if it came through the atmosphere. Maybe it came through our, our uh, solar system.
2: So, I can't even get the cool. audiobooks to show up in iTunes.
3: Well, you probably have to download a separate app now for it or something. I mean, honestly, Apple's really messing up their whole system here.
2: Yeah, so, That's kind right. of my point. I mean, Audible is uh, it seems to be better for audiobooks. I mean, if you're listening on Apple, you're having trouble finding the books, let us know. But uh, Audible, boom, boom, check it out. Adelbrain.ca, check out those audiobooks Graham's doing. And uh, grab some, that helps the show. Helps us go. Helps us grow. I mean, if we don't have the the support and the growth, we just have to go back to work and not podcast anymore. Uh, we hate to yeah, do that. I have
3: to get, get a real job again. Exactly. I don't want to do that.
2: Oh, can you imagine? You'd have to give up the show. Be too disheartening. grammaricaca slash support. Stop that from happening. Sign up for a monthly today. Make a one-time donation. So what have you been up to? I haven't seen you in a while.
3: Well, I had to take the cat in for uh we uh it's it's a long story i don't know if i want to get into it but
2: america.ca slash support
3: yeah
2: good old vets (laughs) i mean we don't have universal vet coverage
3: well, I mean, they, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I don't really trust the whole insurance thing. I don't know if I'd get pet coverage, anyways. But I did have to take our new cat into uh, the the vet today, the twenty four hour vet. Thank God, there's a twenty four hour vet, actually. But it wasn't eating and, and stuff, so uh, it's got either either pancreatitis or gastro something or other or a physical blockage. So they're gonna they're gonna. They're going to tell me sometime before eight today. I have to pick it up unless it stays it. overnight for an operation, it. which then I'm, yeah,
2: I, uh, <laughs> you spent $1,100 $1, $1, $1 on it. <laughs> on what? Well, it? you said it. Yeah. You it's didn't boo. say boo. Oh, boo. Well, well, her or him. Or... Boo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, damn, that's a shame, man. It makes you wonder if the insurance would be worth it. And is it like one policy for four cats? I feel like it's a oh, policy I know. per that's, cat. I know.
3: That's the thing.
2: Yeah. Well, here's some good vibes for uh, Boo. For Boo. Yeah, good vibes for
0: Boo.
2: Hoping that cat Goodbye. makes a speedy recovery. Goodbye. Goodbye. At least it's not, uh, hopefully, it's not COVID.
3: It's just, you know, what I mean? It's, you, you know what's be... fucked
2: up is it seemed like my cat had COVID when COVID was going around here. Mittens was, was like sneezing all the time. Sleeping a lot and sneezing. oh,
3: some, something's going on with your mic. It's getting real hot and fuzzy. Deep and for
2: guidance and protection. Probably because the uh, is it wetter now? No. Oh, sounds no. sounds fine on my end. So,
3: oh, does it? Okay. Yeah.
2: Let's just keep going.
3: Okay. Well, yeah, that sucks. So man, I got an email uh, that I'd like to read. I got a, so some social media a little synchro from the chats. Actually, a co- sort of like a compound synchro from the chats.
2: Oh, well, we haven't done a synchro in a while, eh? We? we start with that.
3: Sure, yeah, if you want. Oh, I keep typing on the wrong keyboard.
2: You oh, know boy. what? I, I know typed how that the wrong goes. thing
3: on the wrong keyboard, and guess what came up?
2: What? Oh, Fucus. Oh my God! <laughs> Speaking yeah, can of, you Ophu- believe it? Fucus. That episode came out late. It's out today. The Dave Matheson comes on. Grimerica outlawed. Ooh, what a second half! I mean, that's. There's this. There's a hidden sort of um, beauty in having some of these guys that have been longtime Grand America show guys come on Grand America out and you get them into the second half, and they feel like they can sort of really let loose over there.
3: Yeah, totally. So, that was that ended up being a really good chat.
2: Yeah, we should uh, we should do some more of that. Anyway, uh, here's a jingle you guys haven't heard in a while.
0: I want a good skull from a synchronicity. Graham reads it out, then Deremite, might give it to me. Hey, don't you please read it low, yeah,
2: yeah. I got some elk back. When you come in the studio this week, I'll send you home with some.
3: Oh yeah, you went and picked up your elk. How did it go? The whole. Well, I picked experience. up the first
2: half of it. Anyway, uh, it was good. I mean, I was actually, I was expecting to pay uh, four hundred some bucks because uh, when I dropped it off, the thing said three ninety nine for an elk. But I was kind of in a jam because the weather's too warm to do it myself in my garage right now. I I don't. I think I'm going to build a cold room. I was talking to Chad. Shout out to the Reverend in the chats. uh slash chats if you want to get in the chats. And he was talking about how it's not that hard to build a cold room. He figures, like, if I drywalled off a section of my garage and put a like a 10,000 BTU AC or two in there, that would do it. And it's not like I need it on all the time, right? I would only just turn it on when I shot a deer so that I could hang it in there for and take my time. You want to work with meat when it's at a fairly cold temperature. Otherwise, it's sloppy and it's, you know, it's just not good. You want to keep it below between, like, 3 and 5 Celsius, Wow. So if I had a cold room, I could do it. But then the other problem was we were going back out hunting the next day. So if it was winter, like it's supposed to be right now, not that I'm complaining, not complaining. I know just that saying. is what's
3: weird, though, that we have these Chinooks and some some sometimes you're in winter when you're, you know, you're killing things when it should be below, below zero. Yeah, the weather really should have been that, good
2: right? enough for that for that elk to stay in the back of the truck while we were out yeah. hunting the next day. But it was yeah. 20 degrees almost, so it had to go yeah. to butcher so we made. I made the decision. We'll just drop it at the butcher. Then we can go back. And then ultimately, we made the decision just to take these elks to the butcher anyway. Um, it really does become sort of the the elk is the backbone of the sort of meat supply for the year. That's your steaks, and it's a super high quality meat. So, and we shoot some antelopes. They're smaller. An antelope is forty five pounds. You know, it's much easier to deal with. This elk was, I think, it's about a hundred and eighty two pounds. I came home with yesterday. I mean, that's a lot of meat to cut out. To be massing package. up yourself. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So the elk and the deer, if I when I have the facilities for it, I can do it. When I can keep it in a cold room and stuff like yeah. that. But, uh, I mean, I'll still do the deer myself. But the elk, sort of, now I've got all my, my professionally done meat, and then I'll do my sausage and my jerky deer myself, which will be soon. A couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that, that I'm going to let it cool down before – That happens, which it looks like, unfortunately, is only a a week or two away now. The cold weather's coming. I think today's like the last warm day in a while. Maybe It's
3: funny when it's summer and you think about the cold in the winter, you're like, when it gets to zero degrees, it's going to feel so cold. But when it gets here, it's like nothing. Like today, I didn't even notice it being cold today.
2: That's not bad. I mean, here's the thing. Even when it's like minus 10, minus 15, it's not bad.
3: No, it's not. You can it's, get it's into when it when it hits minus twenty. That it kind
2: of you can becomes... get into it. You know, it's nice because you can. You never overheat. Oh, I was.
3: I used to be shoveling the snow with my shorts with minus twenty when I was in my biohacking phase.
2: If you're layered up, I mean, it's kind of nice because you can't get away from the heat in a lot of ways, but you can dress for the cold and be prepared for it. And right, I mean, right. I'm hoping this year to get a lot more skiing in. Really. Yeah, I haven't skied in a few years. I'd like to get back, start getting back into skiing. I don't know if they, uh, yeah,
3: okay, well, we'll talk about you that. You can
2: test. Yeah, I already checked. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So get my ski on. I'm going to so try I've and go at least back once a, a month. Ways in the chat. At least once a month.
3: I think it's worth uh, doing this. Um, so this is going to be like a few of these little synchros, kind of. I'm going to read them all from the chats here. Rapid uh, fire.
2: What? Rapid fire. Kinda, yeah. I can crush well, it's not really because they, they,
3: they build on each other. So some of
2: the things you guys call synchros.
3: So this is from Blake Art. This is not necessarily a synchro, but it's a mystical occurrence, let's say.
2: I um, rate those two. And
3: Blake Art's gonna be coming on the show next year, uh for sure. Actually,
2: Hey, I've I got, got couple... Casey and Milo now. What's that? I got Casey and Milo now.
3: Okay. That's something else. Don't just don't uh, interrupt with that with those things that people don't know what we're talking about.
2: <laughs> well, were we not talking about that on the show? I guess we weren't
3: so um so I so I have some mystical occurrences the past week. Things disappearing and then magically appearing out of nowhere. I won't go into details because it's so trivial and you can ping me and ask me for the details. But I want to show you this experience because I have photographic proof. Unfortunately, my wife... Oh, okay, I wonder if I... So people got to know, if they put these stories in the chats, they may be read on air. Um, oh, yeah. Everything in
2: the chats <laughs> is fucking possibility of...
3: No, in those ca- like not necessarily Congress and all, but in no, no, it's channel, all like, fair
2: game. I mean, I deserve the game. right to publish anything in the chats. Oh boy, I might make <laughs> a book one day. <laughs> <laughs> you're
3: just gonna download all the chats and write a book? Oh, you're
2: a just Dude, editing it great to it. conversations. You going could, on in if there. you could, like, if you could get that all on paper and have some AI sort of like move some things around and like. There's a book there. I'm I'm just collate, saying. Collate it and certain things. Yeah, exactly.
3: There'd be a whole chapter on uh on kayaks.
2: Oh yeah, there'd be a chapter uh, on fucking on, like, Melton Zulu fighting. What, on what? <laughs> Melton Zulu fighting. We could have a whole <laughs> chapter on that. I mean, we could like open it up to a bigger thing of like uh you know, socialism versus the free market. Oh, oh, yeah, Which what yeah, I was yeah, going to yeah, say yeah, earlier yeah. when you thanked God for the 24-hour uh vet. I mean, really, you should just say, thank the market that someone saw enough of a profit in uh, enough of no, a No,
3: usually I thank the gods. I uh, the gods. I think didn't I make think the, the gods. Hour gods.
2: Somebody started that business.
3: So here, okay, back to, back to Blake Art's um, post here. Unfortunately, my wife and I are separated right now. I'm still in daily contact with her, and our relationship is good for the most part. I had to take her to the airport super early Monday morning so I could use her SUV this week. Because I have to move. I went to the basement of her condo. We are currently refurbishing to pick up some items. I was like 5.30 in the morning. I turned on the lights in this dreary stone damp basement. It's been raining here. So I get to our row of items and can only access what I need by climbing over some crap in the way. As I round the corner, I see a large size monarch butterfly just waiting there for me attached to the stone wall under a window. It flaps its wings as a greeting. I immediately reach for my pocket to grab my phone. Of course, I left it in the car. So I talk to my new friend and say, hey, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. I climb back to the area and grab the phone out of my car. As I'm grabbing my phone, I'm thinking, it is a sign, right? I mean, is a monarch butterfly? What is a monarch doing? Monarch butterfly doing hanging out In the part of the basement where I was specifically going, it's a fourplex. I mean, sizable basement. It could have been anywhere or what the fuck is it there at all? I mean, it was like waiting for me. As I make my way back to our storage space, of course, the butterfly is gone. Since I'm kind of in a hurry to get back home and get to work, I just go about my business of grabbing the items I needed to. And I place them at the door to run back out to the car in the rain but I go back in one final time to look for the butterfly and it is flying around wildly next near one of the dreary tube lighting fixtures. I gingerly walk over not to scare it and try to take a picture of it fluttering around, but it doesn't come out. So I stuck my arm out and did my best Terrence McKenna impression and say, come here. Lo and behold, my new pal came straight toward my arm and landed there. So for the next five minutes, I hung out with him on my arm. He moved his wings and just sat there with me. It was very touching and emotional for me. So he attaches pictures of, it. oh, he's got a picture of it flying through the air too. This is the kind of sign that, that at least lets me know that all my fruitless efforts have so far have not been in vain and that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Nothing goes unnoticed in this realm of consciousness. Um, this has done wonders for my ra- morale. Just keep going. When you're going through hell, like a lot of us are right now, just keep going. And he attaches pictures of this, and I mean, the the monarch butterfly on his on his dusty arm are it's crystal clear, like it's gorgeous. And he's got a picture, a <laughs> selfie with his face, and the butterfly just sitting on his arm. I mean, and it's it's crystal clear again.
2: The king is coming.
3: So. Everybody's like, thanks for sharing, Blake. Um, and of course, Bill has to do, Bill Strutt has to do a search for <laughs> Monarch Butterfly. It represents strength, endurance, spirituality, trust, standing for what they believe in, transformation, and evolution. That's exactly everything? how you interpreted it. Onward.
2: Definitely, so- definitely uh, transformation.
3: So, Paul we Savage says, great synchro. Last winter, I had a monarch butterfly show up at my work and land on the loading ramp of the chairlifts. In minus 25 dead of winter, as a message and shared the experience here, they're great messengers. So, he was on a chairlift at a ski hill, and a monarch butterfly came by.
0: Eesh.
3: And he sends a picture of it. So, then Jaybird pipes in. I almost hit a bobcat on my way home yesterday evening. Just a bit ago, I... St- I stuck up a conversation with some guy at the brewery who came face to face with one this morning, out now hunting. Might be the same one as I was in a real active, as or as I was in the real active our last night as he sees as he was hunting this morning. I'm just trying to read, get through the uh, grammatical errors here.
2: Grammatical? Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> First time I see a bobcat, and I almost run it over. So let's see here. Um, So then Blake Hart thanks him. I appreciate that. A very uplifting uh, spiritual uplift. I have to keep remembering my own belief systems. This is a simulation and I have to be a part from myself. And look at this life as a lesson and get into the flow of things. I battle my ego as an artist. And that is a difficult part. Plus fear, like a Mexican cliff diving or jumping out of an airplane. Just got to do it. And then Ryan pipes in Ryan from Kansas. Big shout out. Thanks for your help on all the chats and stuff. Hey, we saw a bobcat, me and Cooper this morning on our walk. And then I came home and had a conversation with Kate about it. Symbolism of the bobcat and all. This is a crazy synchro. He was 30 feet away. On a from a sunning on the levee.
2: What's a levee? I
3: think it's like a dike or something. Is that right? like
2: the boardwalk? A picture like a boardwalk.
3: I, I picture like a dike.
2: But a the levee. levee's the thing that broke. So is it like the, the point the that goes breaks. out into the it's water? Like a
3: dike, probably
2: right. Is a dike like a breakwater point that goes out yeah. that stops the big waves from hitting? Yeah. Interesting.
3: I saw him. I saw, I saw him get up and notice me bound off into the trees and cooper never once saw him only smelled him i come home and she tells me among other things that symbolizes seeing that things are hidden in plain sight not to mention a whole bunch of other things i was actually deep in deep contemplation about while on the walk um and then B, Bill says, personally, I find that operating from the heart space makes it easier to stay in the flow space. And it, and it also fights the ego since we make an effort to act from the heart and not from the head. That's the challenge. I mean, how do you get into your heart space? I mean, I can sometimes I can't even project love into a dodecahedron. Bobcats are pretty uh, shy usually. We have one in the neighborhood I see once in a while. And then...
2: Why are you trying to project love into a dodecahedron?
3: Don't you remember our episode with, uh... oh, we got to talk about that. We got to talk about that too. The uh, We got a gift box. Actually, we'll save it for next uh, next week because I haven't opened everything yet.
2: Oh, I do have to give a shout out. Speaking of that, actually, you, let's finish this first. Okay. Here's what I will so, say. I forgot what I was going to say. Go ahead.
3: Okay. So this is, this, this is going to finish it off here, the pinnacle here. This is from Doctor Drewis Drewis
2: In our chat, is a doctor <laughs> in there? No, no it's, not. <laughs> it's just Drewis <Drewis-Jonesen>. huh oh. <laughs> okay. Friday afternoon,
3: I glance outside our kitchen window to see, for the first time ever, a bobcat on the top of our woodpile. It quickly disappeared as I tried to get a video of it. The previous night, get this, the previous night before bed, I asked for a dream to reveal to me my spirit animal. I woke up the next morning, realized I hadn't had some visionary dream, but got the feeling I should be on the lookout for some atypical animal sighting. So then a few hours later, I see the bobcat and think, wow, that could be since... That could be it, since I've never seen one before. I then made a mental note to be on the lookout for more synchros related to Bobcats for more confirmation that this could be my spiritual animal. Tonight, I go to see what's up in the synchro thread, and everybody is talking about seeing Bobcats for the first time. My mind is a little blown right now. And then Ryan says, welcome to the profound Grimerica Synchro Club. Pew, pew. And then, of course... Ryan talks about being a cat in the former life.
2: <laughs> Ryan was a cat? I yeah. could see that. I was thinking maybe a dog.
3: So in I think uh, I got this bobcat symbolism thing open up here.
2: I'll take that from there. So you know what the interesting thing is now, I forgot again.
3: When bobcat bounds as your spirit animal, it's time for deep introspection. Bobcat as a totem animal belongs those with ancient soul wisdom. And as your power animal, when you need to uncover secrets,
2: secret power animal,
3: I'm going to put that in the, in the, I'll put that, this website in the, in the show notes. It's pretty cool. It's got like a table of contents. So you can look up symbolism and meaning, spiritual totem, power, native American symbolism, in native American, dreams. the Bobcat
2: symbolizes, um, Power and strength in silence,
3: and silence
2: in silence,
3: in silence,
2: as in not talking about your power and strength in of just being it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's interesting. And speaking of dogs, I was listening to Snoop Dogg on Joe Rogan. <laughs> And uh, just a little throwaway line to go back to to uh, Blake talking about the simulation. those guys just like and it's funny when these just come up in a conversation and they're just like little throwaways to the, these two guys that are probably at the pinnacle of their careers, right? And just, well, the well, I
3: wouldn't say. The, I mean, Snoop. I don't know. Is he? Does he still have a career? Oh yeah,
2: man. Snoop's like the fucking number one guy in hip hop right now. I would say. Is he? Oh yeah, he's definitely still got a career.
3: I'm just an old fuddy daddy. I don't know what's going on with a the music world. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead.
2: Um, just it was like uh, talking about how wh- one of them was like, what people don't realize is it's a self fulfilling prophecy. That's the success, you know, that's their view on where they got to in their life is a self fulfill life is a self-fulfilling prophecy, which are is,
3: you saying that you have control with intention yeah. over your future?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, to me, that sounds straight out of a Napoleon Hill book. Yeah. Your life is your own self-fulfilling prophecy. And I mean, maybe that's crazy, but I mean, I've been saying that you've been saying that we've been talking about that, dude, Yeah, but there's. There's, you know, arguably, you know, the number one rapper in the world, one of them been doing it for 30 or 40 years and the number one podcaster in the world, both of them are just doing what they love and getting paid like a motherfucker. And they're just sort of let that little throw away that, that they look at their life as being a self-fulfilling prophecy that they just, yeah. you know, and which is the rut we all get stuck in because most of us are self-fulfilling, not a good prophecy. We have. A I mindset. mean, even it's hard to get out of that mindset. I I have to dig myself out of it constantly. Where like, yeah. where a couple bad days in like the audiobook sales or something like that can just send you into a what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if fucking spiral. And that those are like, there's real negative repercussions to that. You gotta yeah. pull up out of that. Otherwise, you know, I yeah. think that's my opinion. Is that you know.
3: I, I've got, we've got a mindset, uh, sort of a mindset coach. She's coming on outlawed this week, uh, this Wednesday. And I've been reading this occult world and, and it's got, again, like I've, I've had to capture, I've had to take, uh, quotes out of that and, and prepare for this episode because they're talking about the same thing in the 1800s.
2: I've thought about doing like a mindset coaching sort of thing, but you know, I can't get some of the people that are closest to me in my life to change their mindset. So it's like, where the fuck do I get off trying to tell anyone? You know what I mean? Like my history, my track record of trying to get people to change their mindset isn't great. It is, I guess maybe it's a bit better than I think, but I've definitely got some uh some attempts that seem to just land in the mud. Yeah.
3: Yeah, fascinating stuff. So, how was the rest of that episode?
2: Oh, I'm not done. I mean, those Man. motherfuckers went for like four hours.
3: Wow, really? Eh. So yeah. was Snoop pretty casual on there, like.
2: Oh yeah, he seems like such a fun guy. He yeah. really does. I mean, considered to what he was when like he first came out, like gangster rap, doggy style was very gangster rappy. But like all his stuff for the last twenty years is like all like you know very good vibey. Very good vibe, you know. If I like, uh, kind of like similar to the show where we try and keep a good vibe around here. His music is is much more. I mean, not all of it, but I've I've always found that in his stuff, there's much more of a positive message than in most fucking rap music. You know. Wow. I don't I listen to that. a lot of rap music. I mean, Eminem's got a couple songs there too that have. Because uh, I have like a hard rule that I only listen to music that wants the best for me. So it's interesting some of the songs that will sneak into that playlist because, because there's an under overarching or, or underlying message of positivity or self-actualization or stuff like that.
3: I saw a great meme about some guy going to, to learn more about spirituality or he was driving somewhere and he's listening to like... Gangster rap, like about killing, killing, and, and yeah. some other other stuff, right? And he's like, I'm listening to go, going to, you know, become more spiritual. So yeah, I, I agree with you.
2: Yeah, what else you got?
3: But it's pretty subjective. I mean, some of that old Metallica is pretty, you know, it could have a. It's totally subjective.
2: Too. It's totally subjective. I can't decide what music that music is for you at all because it's your interpretation of that music. If it's interpreting. <laughs> A positive emotion loop for you, then that's great. Yeah, as long as it's not making you like leaving you wanting or feeling like you're less than. Or exactly. All right, what else you got?
3: Well, I got a, I got an email here, but it's kind of called it's kind of labeled Synchro City. I I I don't remember what reading chances it as a of that I just
2: played Synchro City.
3: What? I, no, no, I, I played that you? jingle.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh Okay. Well, let's let's just do let's just do this, and I'll read this email. Because we're going to have Robert on the, get on the show soon, too, to talk about this stuff. This is pretty fascinating. Robert who? Um, I'll explain it. All right. So, I hope this email finds you doing well. Two years ago, I sent you synchronicity below, and you read it on the air. Um, I wanted to report back that the synchronicity has changed my life. I eventually started a podcast based on what happened that day. Because the synchro encouraged me to deepen my research into Francis Bacon. What I have
2: found—Shakespeare—is found, that Shakespeare?
3: What wasn't no, Sha-
2: I, he's like part Shakespeare? He was part of Shakespeare, part, part of it. What I found or was, but I mean, some people really think he's the whole shebang too. Like, yeah, who was yeah, on here? Yeah. Someone was on here saying that no, it was him. I forget who it was. Honestly, he, I, he,
3: he has a theory about it. So you know what else is there. crazy?
2: So guess who fucking texted me? Like, not last night, the night before. Actually, it was Thursday. Sorry. Alan Green. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just out of the blue. I bought an 11-11 meditation. I was like, bro, it's already 12. <laughs> <laughs> he must be in Pacific time. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to interrupt, but maybe that's a synchro somehow.
3: Yeah, exactly. What I found astonishes me. I think I stumbled on one of the greatest stories never told. Seriously, Monica Perez recently interviewed me on her podcast and said, and she said I was her favorite new podcast. I I became aware of her through Grimerica. So he links to the prop prop report to wit, as acknowledged by Normies, Francis Bacon is not only the father of modern science, his books mark the beginning of the Enlightenment. And he is also considered to be one of the greatest lawyers of all time. He became attorney general and Lord Chancellor of England, the most powerful position just under the king. I have taken to calling him the smartest and most influential man who ever lived because he is also quite obviously the real William Shakespeare. Although Although I, as a groupist in the, who was the real William Shakespeare authorship problem sweepstakes believe that it was a team effort with bacon at the head i am not alone thousands of books have been written on the subject mark twain wrote one of them and he believed bacon to be shakespeare where it gets really crazy though is that it appears bacon is also responsible for creating not only modern freemasonry out of the legacy of the knights templars but also rosicrucianism It turns out that Rosicrucianism is almost synonymous with transhumanism. There's more. Both groups are secretly Gnostic and have given the world scientism and seem to be responsible for the Great Reset, in my humble opinion. Bacon was heavily involved in cryptography and espionage and British intelligence, and he taught the modern world how to do spying right or wrong, I guess. Darwinism, eugenics, communism, fascism... And the alien craze all came out of London, not to mention the Industrial Revolution and a couple other things like banking and sports and the English language that have conquered the world. It also appears that Bacon was the secret... Oh, this is where I think it ties into my theory from our episode, which I'll save. I won't talk about it now, but it also appears that Bacon was the secret son of the Virgin Queen, Elizabeth, and that Shakespeare was at the heart of social engineering and propaganda scheme to aid the formation of the most vicious empire of all time the english empire where the sun never sets the bard was a master of espionage freemasonry formed the empire as well there's more but i'll stop there and wipe the foam off my mouth i know it sounds crazy i know how crazy it sounds but that's what i've found and once one knows the basics i hope i have presented it all in such a way as to make it all interesting and believable show one to three give a listen if interested to episode four at the hidden life is where i try to summarize it including a deep dive into the tragedy of macbeth via the film roman polanski made of it the podcast is also on apple and elsewhere what i found in macbeth blew my mind again i guess what i'm asking for isn't what i'm angling for is an invite. <laughs> be well brother peace robert and then so he's he sent a link to uh cracking the shakespeare code it's a documentary but I'll link in the show notes to his um episode 4 there the life the hidden life is best
2: there you have it there you have it. it that is a good one i like that one so, <clears throat> speaking of love it we'd love it if you guys Sign up for a monthly this week. Head over to grammarica.ca/slash support today. Maybe right now, just pause this. Head over there, grammarica.ca/slash support. Bang! Sign up for a monthly, buck a month. What's a buck a month? It's nothing. It's uh, less than the price of a cup of coffee a month. Uh, if you're a little more, maybe you're making a little more money, you do five bucks a month. Maybe you're rich, do a hundred bucks a month. You decide what the show is worth to you. Keep us going. Keep us on the air. Keep us growing. Gramamerica.ca slash support today.
3: Keep me off the street.
2: Keep Graham off the streets. I'd let you move into the basement here, into the studio. I don't want to be keep me out of Darren's basement. <laughs> keep, me, keep me out of Darren's basement. <laughs> America.ca slash Studio support. B. It's important. Uh I know you guys forget sometimes, but we still only do like a one to two percent, uh less than two percent for sure. Support rate in here, That it means less than two out of every one hundred people downloading the show are supporting. If you can support today, we would love you for it. America.ca slash support. If you guys want to check out our other podcast we released, I think we're on episode 50 or 51 over there now. Americaoutlawed.ca. You can listen to the free episodes there. That's of course available in all your podcast players if you just search for it. And if you want to sign up for Plus and turn those shows an hour longer, get the extra ones as well. I think there's 56 or 57 plus episodes. Americaoutlawed.ca. Sign up for Plus today. Six bucks a month gets you all that, the entire back catalog, everything and a great way to support everything we're doing over here and then there's the audiobooks Audiblebrain.ca gets you over there just search graham dunlop in uh in audible or wherever you're listening to these a- 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 L- 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 audiobooks probably audible search graham dunlop they'll all come up. grab some audiobooks with your credits you got a bunch of audible credits you're looking for some great esoteric titles to listen to you grab some of those it'll be fantastic and uh i think that's about all i got i'm gonna blab about this week join the chat and enjoy the chat with uh kimberly, kimberly meredith. meredith you got a bio there bio guy no
3: uh, we uh, that's coming in
2: the oh future, that's right? next week yeah, Oh next well, why wouldn't you have said that <laughs> enjoy the chat kimberly meredith
3: We've got Kimberly Meredith with us tonight She's a medical intuitive, spiritual teacher, psychic surgeon uh, She's done work with IONS, actually We just had Dean Raiden on recently So it'll be interesting to talk to you about working with IONS And uh, all the uh, other stuff You've got a book out uh, recently called um, Awakening to the Fifth Dimension, I believe, right? Coming out Coming out, December 7th, right, Kimberly? Yeah. Yeah So welcome to the show, thanks for joining us
1: Thank you for having me
3: here. I just found out I was one of the first, you know, probably one of the few people to read the book.
1: (laughs) That's so nice. I I thought
3: it was out already, but yeah, that is very interesting. I mean, full of good information about healing and I mean, I got lots of questions about that. Um, But I mean, we should probably start with your background a little bit because it has to do with with your book and and your uh, healing abilities, let's say. Um, You know, you had a couple near-death experiences, which is fascinating how this happens to people it seems where they have these experiences and then they have uh these extraordinary abilities so maybe we can start with that
1: okay so um sure so where do you want to start
3: (laughs) well i guess the your background a little bit a little bit about yourself
1: um well i could start I was born in Linwood, California Um, and uh, I was born with healing abilities as a kid. So um, I had, I I was born with gifts. So I was born um, with my eyes were blinking as a little girl and I was doing healings on animals when I was little. So I was uh, born with healing abilities as young as you know six months to seven years old and then um i was told to stop doing it by my family all right particularly my mother
3: and then and then how do so how do your near-death experiences fit into that whole thing
1: um well in 2013 i got hit on foot by a car and um I did not take care of myself after that. I was working in the entertainment business. I was called a medical consultant on television shows, and I was really excited about those experiences. So I just didn't go to the hospital until I collapsed. And then I had two near-death experiences and led me into my full awakening which was going back to my eyes that blinked when I was a kid. And my eye blinking connects me to uh, the higher uh, Christ consciousness, which is um, doing my mediumship, which is how I communicate with spirit. And um, that is my medical mediumship and scanning abilities, healing abilities, sort of like remote reviewing or... Um, like, I don't know if people know of Edgar Casey, so I'm sort of like a really, really, really fast communicator through spirit with my eyes, um, and hands. And I found that out after the NDEs happened to me, they reawoke up all of the gifts that I had as a kid. So
3: did you, did you stop blinking after your family kind of said, uh, you shouldn't be doing this, that kind of thing. Did you stop blinking for a while?
1: Yeah, I stopped from seven to all the way up to the 2013.
3: Oh, wow. So you actually weren't blinking that whole time or, or communicating with, with that at all. And then that that ND reawoke that.
1: Um, I don't know if I wasn't communicating with God. I always loved God. I always loved working in the hospitals. I always was a caretaker, always serving, but I wasn't a, a medium. I wasn't working with spirits like I am now.
3: So what was it like to to realize all that after after your awakening?
1: Mind blowing. To all of a sudden come home from going out of my body, um having an NDE, you know, not even knowing the word was an NDE, just experiencing dying, going out of my body and then coming home in a wheelchair, um and all of a sudden Um, like I think a month after having my eyes blink again and, you know, not knowing at first, Oh, my eyes are blinking. Like I was when I was a kid and then understanding that I'm leaving a life that I was really used to having. I was living with my uh, boyfriend at the time, working in the entertainment business And understanding that I probably would never hold my head up for very long. I wasn't able to walk. And then I was having blinking going on in my eyes and really not knowing what was ahead of me and not, you know, and he's not understanding it either. You know, why are you blinking? What's going on? And then not knowing what my next step of my future was going to be.
3: What made you realize that you had this healing Ability. Like, did you did you put that together right away because the blinking was back from a kid, or did did you have have to experience something?
1: Yeah. No, I didn't know. I just knew the eyes were blinking. Um, didn't know one meant something, the other meant the other. I didn't know any of that stuff. It took about six months to probably a year to figure out that not only was it the Holy Spirit and the spirit guides really fully uh, communicating. But um, I would dream. I'd go in and out of dreams. Spirit was coming and talking to me. My necklace around my neck, which was Jesus and Mary, would come off at night and land downstairs on the floor. All this paranormal stuff was going on. My arms would flap, hit myself like angels. Um, All kinds of things were going on through that year until... um, I started uh, having some really great um, communication with my girlfriend, who was an RN and also was a Reiki practitioner. She would come over and rub her hands together and put it over on the back of my head and try to do healing on me because I was suffering from a hardcore concussion. And none of the um, uh, medication was working, and I talk about that in the book. And I didn't know what Reiki was. And I was like, this is working. And we were praying. um, We were praying in Hebrew. We were playing the Hail Marys. And when she would do that, my eyes would blink faster because they liked it. And I also had a cold laser machine that my uncle had sent me. And I was trying to learn how to use the laser machine, which is a really big Albert Einstein um, communicator. And I started using that on my neck, too. And that started to help me. And the hospital was saying they saw an improvement. And all this was sort of transpiring with the eye blinking. And I was starting to hear, this is yes, this is no. This is yes, this is no. I was like, wow, I'm hearing messages now. So it was really cool. And then one day, um, my agent who I'd worked with throughout the years that booked me on shows came over and that's when it all unfolded. The one afternoon he came over to my house and he sat on the couch and he said, I have an operation I'm going to have. And I said, Oh, and he said, what have you been doing? I said, I've been rubbing my hands together. I've been praying a lot on my neck and my head's been feeling better from prayer and he said, well, why don't you pray on my ankle, my and my Achilles heel? I have a surgery I'm supposed to have in a couple of days at the hospital. And I said, okay. And I was around 99 pounds at the time. Really, really, really not well. But slowly getting better. And I prayed on his Achilles heel. But I remember I wanted to say the Hail Mary. So I said the Hail Mary. And then I picked up my cold laser wand and I just put it on there for a few seconds. And, um, he left and then about, I think it was an, it was the next day. He, and then he called me and he said, I'm healed. <laughs> and, and, and I said, and I remember it was so weird because I never heard anybody say it like that. I'm healed. And I said, what do you mean you're healed? And he's like, I went to um, the hospital, and they did an x-ray on it, and the Achilles heel never came back down. It's completely healed. You have healing hands. And I said, I do? And he said, yeah. And he said, I'm getting chills right now, so never forget it. He goes, you're a healer. I said, I'm a healer? He goes, yeah, you're a healer. And I'd done acting, medical, technical advising. I'd been a nurse's aide my whole life, a volunteer, always wanted to be around sick people, helping people. And then I couldn't give up my acting jobs and helping the set. I just could never leave the hospital. And and I went, but healer, I never heard, never heard the word healer. And and he kept saying it, You're a healer. You're a healer. And I kept just like, it was so weird. And then I said, okay. and. My eyes weren't connected yet to the scanning ability, which is finding cancers and things like that yet. I was just doing the healing and the laser. And then he goes, "Um, you know, I'm going to tell the guys over at Gold's Gym, this is in L.A., um, to come over and you could do the healing on them. And I said, I guess, like that. And I still wasn't that strong. I was still in a wheelchair and still working on myself. And I had my boyfriend living here. And I said, okay. Okay. And so he wasn't kidding. He started sending people to my house and they were coming over in their gym clothes and I needed to get a Reiki bed. So I bought a Reiki bed. I put it in the living room and they started coming over. I got a little whiteboard. I would write their names down, just like a little clinic in my living room. And they would come over and I would lay my hands down in different areas, put the cold laser on them. And it started getting more people and more people and more people. And then all of a sudden, that went from my eye blinking and going over people's bodies and going, did you ever have a rotator cuff tear here? Did you ever have a hernia here? I would hear words, hernia, rotator cuff tear, tumor, cancer. I would hear it. And the blinking would start going to these areas. Then I would hear, take it out, remove it take it out, get how, it out.
3: How, how long did that happen before you started hearing that?
1: I would probably say within the year and a half, it would start happening.
3: So I this is, so people coming to see you for like literally like a year mm-hmm. and you were, you were healing them sort of in a Reiki style exactly. kind of healing. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it started to get too many people. And then my girlfriend who's a Reiki like practitioner, she says, you need to get a license. I said, why? <laughs> You got to get a license. So then I got the Reiki license, but I got kicked out of the first Reiki class because they were like, how many people did you Reiki today? And Everyone around the room was like two, three. They'd get to me. I would say 50 and they'd be like 50. And I'd be like, yeah. And they were like, that's weird. And then I would, they say, I'd say weird things. Like I see spirits around people. Cause I see orbs and spirits. And then I was blinking So they would kind of like just sign me off and get me out of the class. So it was like really weird. I I got my Reiki masters within like six months.
3: Yeah. They shouldn't have done. I mean, geez, I took Reiki too. And they were pretty open about all that kind of stuff. I mean, we could talk about all kinds of crazy stuff.
1: It was really weird with me. And then I progressed super fast and more and more people were finding out about me in LA and what the secret, the secret, what's a bleak producers. And all these people were coming to my home and it got out of control. And then my boyfriend was like, I'm giving you two weeks. <laughs> and if you don't stop blinking, just kind of like my mom it was a reenactment of my mom.
3: Oh my God.
1: And he's like, if you don't stop blinking um, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, If you don't stop blinking and this thing going on in the house, I'm moving out.
3: Wow. (laughs) Not very supportive.
1: And I said, I'm, I'm a healer. And he's like, okay, but then it gets worse. So then this lady hears about me from um, Maryland and she has an expo and she called me and she said, do you want to come to the expo? There's, um, I feel that you are a medical medium, a medical intuitive, mm-hmm. she called it. And I said, "What's a medical intuitive?" And she says, "A medical intuitive is someone that's like Edgar Casey." I said, "Who's Edgar Casey?" And she's like, "You're Edgar Casey. You're channeling Edgar Casey." She goes, "I've heard about you and what you're doing." And I said, "Oh." And then she says, you did a healing on my friend. You went through every single thing in her body and you knew everything. That's like Edgar Casey. So then I told my boyfriend, I said, I'm like Edgar Casey." <laughs> who? Who's Edgar Casey? I said, I'm a medical intuitive because there's no such thing as a medical intuitive. What are you talking about? Go back to who you were, the girl that I was going to marry, that I met and stop talking like you're talking the voice that you're talking like. I said, what voice am I talking like? Before you went in the hospital and you came home, you were a different person. And he was right. Because after the NDE, I completely changed. And I felt bad. It was sad. We both cried. And it was really, really, I could even cry now because he's a good person. He's a a wonderful man. And he didn't sign up to do the spiritual journey. He wanted the person that he wanted to marry and it wasn't me it was the other person and i had two incredible profound ndes and now i am on a different mission and and the mission is to raise higher consciousness and and help people and it wasn't the mission that he wanted to be on so we we parted on good on good on good, on a good, on a good note, but it was a really sad time for us to, to leave. And he just said, you know, um, I don't know how you're going to survive. When he left, I was in the wheelchair still. I wasn't that strong. And he said, I don't know how you'll make it here. Cause he left me in a really, um, uh, he left, he had to go, but he, he left me with not a lot, I didn't have any money, and I was blinking and with my guys, <laughs> so he left. But what happened within a few weeks after he left, the lady that called for the expo, she said, "I'll pay your rent for three months and fly you to Maryland." Wow minute, and you could do the expo in Maryland and that was right next to Edgar Casey. Wow,
3: that's it's- great, Wow.
1: By the time I came back from there. With that experience out there, that completely changed my life. Because when I went out to that first expo, I was laying on hands with people that accepted me for who I was. They wanted to be healed. They wanted to have me do what I do. And they were being healed.
3: Did you, did you were, you, were you getting like the instructions in your, in your head to remove tumors and stuff like that prior to going to the expo? So that experience was already happening to you?
1: Yes. And when I told her, I said, I don't think you're going to want me.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I said,
1: when I come out there, I'm going to be stomping my feet down and praising God and Jesus and, and saying, you are healed and your, your, your tumor's gone and all that. She goes, no, you're exactly what we want. We want you here. And then when I came back from there, it just bounces with me because the mission after the NDE is the mission of what they want, the higher guides. They're, they take over me and they, I'm like a puppet for them. So after I came home, I get a call and the man called me, this man, and he said, do you want an office? I'm like, yeah. And he said, you've got one. And I said, yeah, because I don't want to live in the apartment by myself with people coming in here and I'm alone. <laughs> so the next move was I moved out of here and I moved into an office.
3: Wow. So did you c- c- cause a little bit of a stir at the expo or? Which expo? The expo that you went to originally, did you cause a bit of a stir? Or did you like, did you.
1: Oh no. You out ended there up I healing
3: know. some people or.
1: Yeah, no, it was great there. I yeah. fit right in and it was wonderful. But when I came back to LA, I got the office and then I started shortly after that doing the LA Conscious Expo, the New Life Expo, and then I flew to New York and did the New York Expo. And then ever since then I was circuiting circuiting around the expos.
3: Wow. Wow. So did you what was it like when you first started hearing the difference between, you know, the area of the body and then them telling you like remove or Like, what did you understand what they were saying at first? Or did you even, did it even dawn on you that you could actually do something like that?
1: No. When I look back at the videos and I see how radical I am and how radical they were or doing it. And, you know, now we're in COVID and I can't do those radical things. um, I see myself getting on top of people, putting my hands down people's throat, you know, on their throats taking out lumps on stage in front of people and people loving it and cheering and going crazy (laughs) and and liking all that and going in audiences and picking people. And many of them speaking on camera and going, it's gone. That's just what they wanted to show that we could be in the fifth dimension and go and heal ourselves. And so to answer your question, I don't think about it. I just do what they tell me. Wow. Wow.
3: So, so then you're, so you're doing the circuit, you're healing people at these expos, you're gaining more notoriety and attention. And are you starting to hone, hone the craft a little bit? Like,
1: yeah, they're teaching me. The guys are teaching me how they want me to do it, but show others how to do it also. That's the next step. Like they want me to do it, to show people how to do it. And then as it was honing and crafting, they would start having the audience come up on stage also and participate and do it too. Wow. Which was super fun.
3: So what do you mean by the fifth dimension? How, how does this, like, how does, like, let's say physically healing somebody with hands-on and all and how does that have to do with the well, fifth dimension? Well, now you don't even need
1: to do it hands-on. Like, now since COVID broke out into the, and even before COVID, I was doing it just, I do Skypes and stuff too. And then even on stage, it can be just distant healing, too. It's just like co-healing the work, distant, like scalar energy. But um, we're in a third dimension right now. I mean, dimensional frequencies have been going on way before I was born. We live in dimensions. We're multidimensional beings. So we have a choice to be in any dimension we want to be in. Um, the third dimension is just dis-ease, worry, fear, when we're in the fourth dimension, it's where it's more of nature. Um, the fifth dimension is where all is possible. It's super magical. It's the dimension that you can do all of these things. And then beyond the fifth dimension, it's just sort of just everything and more. So it's the God, the the, the miracles, the miraculous that's how i see it in my view because that's how i live it um and when you're multidimensional, you can bounce in and out of all these dimensions you have your own consciousness that chooses what dimension you want to be in can i go into a lower frequency of course i'm human do i rather be into the higher frequency yes i'd rather stay in a fifth dimensional frequency that's the energy that I crossed over in. So when I was in the other frequency, when I had my NDE, I experienced that dimension.
3: So would you say that that's different than the astral realm? Or let's say if you're lucid dreaming and you're, and you're in that sort of different plane of existence, that's different than the fifth dimension, right? The fifth dimension is just more of a vibratory thing.
1: Yeah. I'd say I'd say the, the astral realms and things like that are higher, even a higher dimensional frequency. I say to have psychic abilities or an awakening, you need to be in the fifth dimension.
3: Are you healing them from that dimension then? Cause like we've had guests on that talk about astral projection and healing in the astral realm and, and, um, so are you actually, do you think you're accessing it from that realm then?
1: It has to be in a fifth dimensional right. state of consciousness. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's fascinating. And so can you talk about some of the, the more, um, I don't know, some of the experiences you had at some of these expos with people like healing them in front of other people?
1: Yeah. Um, my gosh. Do you have any so that many- come to mind? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of them. Um, Just going through the audiences and finding people that have had, um, you know, what I do is in the audiences are a little different than what I'm doing now because I used to be able to go in the audience. So now I stand up on stage and I just kind of wave my hand across and I can pick somebody from really far away before I used to walk right in. But now we have distancing Um, and I'll just kind of remote review and I can see someone where my eyes will blink and say, Can you come up on stage? And they'll come up, and now I don't lay them on a bed anymore. I used to lay them on bed and scan people like that. Now I just scan you from standing from a distance holding a microphone. And I'll just look at somebody and wave my hand across. I don't know if you can see me. I'll wave yeah, yeah. my hand across. That. And I'll just say, They're telling me, the guys are telling me that you have a thyroid issue or you've had a brain tumor or you. So like, for instance, I had someone that had a thyroid tumor stage four and, um, uh, also they'll tell me why she got it and I'll know what year she had it. And then I'll say, um, but this is like before COVID.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. That's kind of what we're, yeah.
1: Yeah. Right now, I don't really lay hands in public. In my office, I will lay hands on somebody yeah. to just piss it off their body. But but on Skype, I will do distant healing, yeah. and it does work. And so one of the most miraculous things I think I've ever had happen at the expo is that I laid hands on probably like a grapefruit... Um, We even have it on a YouTube um, ball of a person's, um, it's like a gout tumor on a lady. And it just, from the vibration of the whole room, singing Om and me laying hands on it. And she was speaking in Hebrew, and we were all praying and Om. It just went all the way down. It was like only about that that much left. Wow. And it was just miraculous. And she was just crying in tears. And it was just so amazing. And then we also had um, another man that had four-stage bone cancer. And we turned him over on his stomach. And we did prayers all the way up and down his spine at an expo. And then afterwards, uh, he wrote back to us and said he had a really good prognosis with his, uh, cancer. Um, and we were like, wow, that's really cool.
3: Yeah. It's fascinating.
2: Can you accidentally go in and out of dimensions or do you have to be aware of it? Like if I just, cause I'm not a dimension guy, but I, so if I'm just out hiking in the bush for a while, can I just like slip into the fourth dimension without being cognizant of it? Or is it something you need to need to do on some level?
1: Yeah, I feel that sometimes people are in a higher dimension and they are not even aware of it. Most people right now are in the fourth dimension because we're moving out of, we're being forced to move out of the third dimension right now with all that's going on right now. We're not, we think we're in the worst dimension, which is the third dimension, but we are actually Um, in uh, the most amazing awakening right now. So we are moving into the fourth dimension, uh, which is love and and, and, and joy. And and a lot more people are meditating. A lot more people are trying to do more self-care um, I don't know if you've noticed that, but people are trying to be more awakened. They're trying to like not drink out of plastic, they're trying to do more walks, they're trying to take care of themselves now more because they're seeing, oh my God, there's <laughs> COVID, there's all this stuff happening. So most most people are, are going into the fourth dimension. So yes, you you can if go into that fourth dimension.
3: Chad, do you have any questions?
4: Uh yeah. Um Does it uh, work on other things like you've mentioned some pretty serious medical complications like uh, the stage four thyroid uh, that you're describing? What about uh, some of the people that um, they're hospitalized from COVID, for example? Um, Have you tried any of those ones?
1: Yeah, I have COVID miracles all the time. Um, I work on that's a huge part of my practice right now is immune suppressed conditions of all kinds. Um, so when I scan people, I'll pick up if they've had COVID or if they are going through it. Um, so it's very promising, um, working with that particular, um, issue. And this is something I think it's going to get easier to handle. Um, I think the more that we're aware of our environment, environmental pollution, things to eat, how to take care of our homes. Um, I feel we can combat this in the future. And by calling in the higher source spiritually and and understanding it's not only just about what we eat, um, but also about boosting our spiritual immune system is really important and how our environmental lifestyle is important. Does that make sense?
4: Yeah. 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 So with uh, I'm sorry. With what you do then is would you describe it as a a skill or a talent? Is it something that uh other people could learn?
1: Oh, what I do? Yes. Yeah, I find it as what I do individually is how I do it, and I find in my in my book I talk about how I find that every person can open up their own gifts and and have yes their own tools, and learn how to communicate with their guides and 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 move into the awakening and empower themselves and their life to be healed yes and and to also communicate with their guides and angels to stay healthy and strong and If they have to take medicine, that's fine, but they also can live a holistic lifestyle too and be empowered into this fifth dimension and beyond.
4: Do you happen to know what your recidivism rate is for those that you've helped? Uh, Like, uh, does cancers ever come back, for example, or they have to come back for a a second treatment?
1: If they're healed with cancer?
4: Yeah, uh, what you were describing before, like you uh, said that uh, in the one case that... uh, the voice had told you what had caused that, uh, issue for that one person. I think it was a thyroid issue, uh, what the cause was. So once you've, uh, cured that, does it ever come back? Like if it's an environmental, um, toxic. To, to yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I'd say that most people like before they've met me and they've had breast cancer or thyroid cancers, or say somebody has had IVS or intestinal tract or colon cancers, or they've, gone to 9-11, you know, and they've come in with multiple tumors of their body or they've had chemo or radiation already, and I just happen to find it again, or I find it for the first time, and they go through chemo and radiation, or they don't do that route, or I happen to help dismiss it through the Holy Spirit, through the guides, because I'm not, I'm an agent for the guides, I'm an agent for God. I'm not doing it. I'm just the agent. They're just using me as the tool to do it. And you're the receiver. You have to be open to have the healing in the fifth dimension. Um, It's up to you then to follow your lifestyle plan. It's up to you to do your nutritional plan. It's up to you to change your lifestyle because ever how you were contracting it um, if it was environmentally or if it was emotionally or ever how you got it, you want to make sure like you're just asking, you don't, you don't contract that emotional baggage. Again, you want to leave the third dimensional baggage behind.
3: That makes sense. You talk a lot about that in your book or not a lot about it, but at the, you know, at the beginning you kind of say, <laughs> yeah. you kind of say, well, you, you you know, you have to be ready for this. Right. And you have to want it. It's that whole thing where, some people are stuck being a victim and they don't, and deep down they don't really want to heal. So how do you, how do you recommend people that have, like? because for somebody with chronic issues, it's, it's difficult because they're in pain daily. They, to get into even a space where they can imagine themselves healed or even not feel negative all day long. You know, like how do you recommend people that are in that super chronic pain daily state, to get out of that or get into the mindset that's required for healing?
1: Yeah, it's really great question. It's super, super, super hard sometimes, especially when you are depressed and sad and you've gone on, you know, like organs have been taken out. You're on 38 rounds of chemo, you know, you're really, really, taken by the energy um and I have those kind of clients you know they come to me they need me and I love them I live for them I love helping people um I've always been like that since I was a baby um I even though my mom who I talk about in my book uh was abusive to me I loved her so much and I, every client that I have, I pray for, and everybody that comes to me, I pray for them to know that however hard your struggle is, God, the Holy Spirit, and your angels love you, and they're here for you. And no matter what happens, by you having faith in your affirmations and your prayers, is so important and every day you take the time to meditate raises your vibration in your body and lowers your cortisol which the cortisol is so important not to raise because that puts the fear in your body and lowers your immune system it's so important to keep your immune system in control and i can't stress that enough and making sure And I know it's going to sound like this is not that important, but it is so important to have good mineral water. Many people are still drinking so important tap water and water that is not filtered. They'll come to me and say, I have the best diet. Kimberly, I have the best diet and I have the best water. And I say, On my form, do you have cancer and what kind of water do you drink? And most people will say they drink well water, they drink Fiji, Arrowhead, or they drink some type of plastic water, or they have alkaline water. But we really need mineral water, and we need to have good filters in our shower, because most people that have immune-suppressed conditions are breathing in steam out of their tap water, which fills their lungs up with pollution.
3: Okay, yeah, that's good advice. Um, what, what what do you mean by um, the alkaline water? Would that be like the those Santevia filters? Do you know those so ones? Alkaline,
1: al- yeah, alkaline water is just a regular filter that goes on your sink, and that's okay to cook with, and and wash your dishes and all of that. But most people that are immune suppressed, or just maybe you're healthy too. You do need extra minerals, like a spring water.
3: Okay. And then the daily, daily, whatever you can do daily for meditation, prayer, affirmations, have that faith in in that, and that'll help.
1: Getting, getting your vitamin D, getting your sunshine, you know, it's so important just to, you know, I go over this, it's really, really important. Yeah.
3: Okay. I got a weird one for you here. Is it, does it feel different healing COVID since it's a bioweapon?
2: Leading the witness. <laughs>
1: uh, it's so, you know, it's no so different. Healing, healing an immune-suppressed condition is no different from healing um, cancer or um, Parkinson's um, at all to me. Yeah. Because an energy that is—a negative energy that gets in the body— if you're strong enough to take it on can get out of the body so anything that gets in you can get out of you if you're strong enough to to take it on okay um so
3: i'm i'm curious as to you know when you were talking about hearing the, uh, like when you do your, your hand scan and you hear in your head sort of what, what's going on with the person, do you actually see anything in, in the bodies as well? Cause I think, I think I've heard of some medical intuitives that like see images or auras or something go off with organs and stuff like that. Or is, is yours all sort of like, um, channeled in your head?
1: Yeah, no, I see, I hear, um, I do see energy leaving people's bodies. Yeah. I see, see colors and see stuff when they breathe it out.
3: So like, would you see, like, do you see energy leaving when you, when you heal somebody like, would that be the negative energy from a tumor or Yeah,
1: I, I can, I see sometimes bright lights around people's uh, bodies, which is like light souls. And I can see negative energy leave the body when they breathe out oh, wow. negative frequencies. Yeah.
0: Wow.
3: So let's get back to the timeline kind of then, because, uh, you know, we'll get into like what, why you decided to write your book and stuff like that. But, but you were doing the whole circuit, you got your office, um, and then you're, you were doing all the expos and all that. So what, what happened, uh, after that, at that point?
1: Gosh, pretty much, um, uh,
3: Like, how did ions, how did it, how did it happen that, because, because, because you've got a good, you got a good section in the back of your book that talks about the scientific um, studies on your work and the results, which is important, which is important nowadays. I mean, it shouldn't have to be important, but it's important to know that these things are getting measured by scientists and ions is such a respected institution. It's great that you managed to, to work with them. So maybe we can talk about how that came about. And and your experience with that, working with that.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, everything with me just kind of fell into place. Uh, uh, I got noticed at the Los Angeles Conscious Expo by a producer. He asked me if I wanted to come to New York um, to do an expo in New York. So I went to New York. And in New York, I did an event at the Life Center um, in Connecticut. And in Connecticut... There was a big event, and in that event, I had I think twenty private sessions. And in the private sessions, uh, there was a man named Ed Lent. He's on my YouTube channel. And in Ed Lent, I went to his body, and I knew every single thing that was wrong with him, like I do. And I think it was like I don't even remember. It's on my YouTube channel. I think I knew he had Parkinson's. He had a brain thing. He had like. I don't know, it was like so many things wrong with him. And the lady that ran the Life Center was good friends with Dr. Norm Sheely. And the producer of Bringing Me Out There was Alan Steinfeld, who's been producing events in New York City for a long time. And he owns a, a, re, a show called New Realities TV. And um, uh, Barbara, who owns the Life Center, kept seeing all these you know, so kept seeing all these people just, you know, coming in and out and me doing all the healings. And she also had a double mastectomy. And the double mastectomy um, that she had, there was a, uh, I can't remember, a physician there. I think she's on my YouTube channel. They had been working on plastic surgery with lumps from the double mastectomy it's okay i talk about it because there's a youtube about it and um hardcore incisions i don't know if you know about those mastectomies i leave a lot of scars and um she asked me could i do a laying on hands of the scar and i said okay so i took my hands i rubbed my hands with some oil And I said the Hail Mary around the lumps of the tissue where they had did the incisions. And after that, um, the, um, doctor came in and she said, this can't be, this could not ever, no one could ever have done something like this. And they took photographs and the scars were completely smoothed out. And they were like silk. And her breasts were nice. Again. And the Ed Lint testimony was enough. And Barbara to call Dr. Shealy and say, Dr. Shealy, there is um, a girl here named Kimberly Meredith. And she just smoothed out my lumps uh, incisions from my mastectomy. And there's a man here named Ed Lind. And she knew things in his body that no one has ever been at my center before. No psychic or medium has ever been at my center before that could do anything like this. You need to see her right away and test her. And then actually that was really cool because after that, my abilities heightened even more because my, my guys started liking to help boobies, boobies. They started to like smooth boobs out and stuff and help take more booby lumps out. But then I thought I didn't even know Norm Sheely or anything about like, I'm like sort of a weird healer. Like I didn't know what medical intuitive was or Norm Sheely or anything. And then I remember I got, uh, when I got home, he called And I was picked up the phone. He goes, hi. And I'm like, hi, who is this? This is Dr. Norm Sheely. I'm like, oh, hi. He goes, do you want to come visit me? I thought it was some weird person. I was like, I do not know who it was. (laughs) And then he's like, I can fly you to, um, you know, Missouri, and you can stay with me. And we can do some testing on you. And I was like, okay. So it was really bizarre. Yeah.
2: And then did go ahead. But you went.
1: (laughs) And then, and then I went there. And then, and then my friend Alan Steinfeld flew out there. And, but that was a hard journey for me. I I mean, people think that was like, oh, Kimberly went out there. And it was like easy. It wasn't.
3: Why, why is that? Because I was going to ask if, if it changes the way, like being tested scientifically is a bit different. It must change the whole environment, the whole feeling of it. Did it, did it feel differently trying to do stuff under the microscope? So to say,
1: yeah, no, it was really intense. Um, Getting there, uh, being there, being tested by, you know, a lot of having a lot of people, um, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot of work, you know, you're a lot of, a lot of testing, going one patient after the next, after the next, after the next, after the next. And then they they had Alan flew in and he filmed it. And not only do they want the persons to fill out every single piece of paper of what they have, I have to scan them and tell with my brain and tell uh, Sheely and his associates Every single thing. And then they wanted me to see to dissolve lumps off of people's bodies and tumors. And they have to make sure that those tumors are completely gone.
3: Wow. And that, so this is part of the IONS research, right?
1: No, this is Dr. Norman Sheely. Oh, okay. Okay. That's forward. a
3: separate thing. Yeah. Okay, Dr.
1: Norman okay, Sheely yeah. who wrote the forward of yeah, my book. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah.
3: Wow. And then, did, then, then you also got in. ions got in touch with you too i guess and had had
1: ions reached out to me i think a year or something later and said they wanted to pick me to be one of their exceptional healers to do an exceptional healer program and that was very interesting because i i kind of met cassie vitan and dean at another organization thing with deepak chopra and then on that thing i stayed there and um That was a whole different uh, experiment with uh, wrist and that thing was very interesting because I went beyond the exceptional program of just doing what they wanted to do. And I started just doing scanning and things on all the body parts, except for they wanted just to do one body part, but I did everything. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard for me, not because I'm a psychic.
3: So. so some of these results so so the results were like positive i I mean i read the the end Very of your cool. book there it's, yeah i might
1: go back and do some more uh testing there on cancer yeah i want to yeah
2: how did you decide i, I, to don't, write really, the book? I
1: don't really want to the guys the guys yeah. do it. like i don't Like I said, I never research them to do to me. They come to me to say, "Do you want to do it with us?" Yeah.
3: Well, it's amazing how everything falls into place. I mean, you have all (laughs) these organizations. I mean, just to give people an idea, because I forgot. But um, he's he's CEO of the uh, Holistic. Was it the American Holistic Medicine Association?
1: Oh, Norm. yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I mean you've got some pretty, you know, pretty big hitters coming to study you. I mean, that must be fascinating. And it's all just fall and you're not looking for them, it's all just falling into place.
1: Yeah. And he also I think he he discovered Carolyn Meese.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like her. She's really nice.
2: Yeah. So what are we gonna ask? How did that how did this all turn into the book?
1: Um How did it turn into the book or yeah. get in the
2: book? how did it turn how did the book come to be from you know from how this did this journey all, and... yeah how did this journey turn into a, a book?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know it's interesting um I never thought I'd have a book you know I, I was a writer when I was a little kid, like I started writing when I was around. Um, my, I have a relative that was a writer. She passed away, unfortunately, in 2017. She's kind of a well-known writer. Her name was Joanne Kiger. You can look her up. Um, she was a writer in our family. And and when I was little, to get away from all the chaos, I would lock myself in my bathroom, and I would write, like, at the age of, like, I think seven, I would write poetry and poems and and, and kind of write then. But becoming a channeled writer started, I think, I started writing in my tape recorder um, in 2017. Um, One of my friends that I made was James Carmen, who started following me around with a camera when I was in New York City, when I started doing the Radical Healings. He said, Kimberly, start writing, you know, something. I said, why? Why? He goes, I have a feeling you're going to want to document your, your, your healings and things. And I said, okay. And then I just started tape recording some of my stuff in a tape recorder.
3: Do you want to go through your book a
1: little bit then? Yeah, we could do some, maybe a channeled prayer.
3: Sure.
1: Affirmation might be cool. Sure. Yeah. So I'm really glad I did it because I think this is going to be helpful for people. So it takes time to get this stuff out. So let's do, uh, we could do, why don't we do, um, we could do, I don't know what you guys feel like. Do you feel like doing a prayer for protection? Yeah. <laughs> or do you feel like a multidimensional being prayer?
3: Uh, protection's good, I think. <laughs> you always use a little more yeah. protection. Yeah.
1: Okay, we need protection. Okay, being in a state of gratitude. This is from my book. I channeled this. All of my channel. Being in a state of gratitude is a way to experience the fifth dimension. In the fifth dimension, we experience... Being in a fully content, fully aware, fully open to our spirit guides. gratitude is the doorway to a different way of seeing our life. We are open to the angels and all the prophets. We truly know that we can show our way of our gratitude for our lives and our blessings. By being humble, being a humble servant and doing as we are told. thank you for guiding me to being helpful to humanity and all the creatures. Give me the attitude of a thankful daily gratitude and know that our truth dwells in a thankful heart. I know that giving without wanting anything in return brings my life to its fullest and has a universal effect of ascension. I live in trust. I live in the present moment of being at peace. Amen. Nice. Thank you. One. Here's one about a prayer of protection. I am not afraid. I am in the fifth dimension. I am with the Holy Spirit completely protecting me. I am a multidimensional being making a clear choice to experience the fifth dimension combating against dark energy. I am love. I am light. I'm putting all my fears away. I'm releasing all my fears. I'm in the perfect love of Christ consciousness. I am here in the now. I am love. I am light. I am joy. I am. I am. I have no fear. Amen.
3: Love is the answer.
1: (laughs) Yes. You are perfect.
3: So So, yeah, in your book, you've got a bunch of those different types of uh you know prayers and and um affirmations and you've got uh diet advice as well you've got um mir- your some of your miracle healings written down as well the scientific stuff in the back plus your your journey as well
1: yes am I do. Am,
3: am i missing anything any big parts <laughs>
1: um we've got a little bit about oh We've got a 5G glossary. So in case you don't understand anything that I'm talking about, you can go to the glossary and look up some of these words that make make things clear for you.
3: That's a good idea. (laughs) Hmm. Yes. Chad, do you have any questions?
1: Yeah, I kind of feel like
4: Columbo. Just one more question here. (laughs) Sure. Uh, One of the things you described um, on the healing aspect of things, you described uh, like an energy or... Uh colors leaving um have you ever uh how to phrase this uh tried to put the genie back in the bottle, like put energy in uh such as perhaps in the case of somebody that's brain dead for example, but is you know physically still uh viable, say they've been in a car wreck or something they're brain dead uh, or is there a limitation perhaps you shouldn't be trespassing to those areas
1: So are you saying like they've crossed over or passed away and I'm trying to pray for them? Well,
4: never having an NDE myself, I don't know.
3: Or bringing their soul back into their body kind of thing? Is that what
4: you mean? Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of alive, but they're kind of not, you know? So maybe there's a limitation to what you can do.
1: Yeah. No, no, that's a great question. So yes, people have called me to work on people that are in a coma. Um, I just... Can I share this real quick? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, no, I love that question. Recently, um, a family member of mine, she's pretty young. She was in a coma and um, she uh, unfortunately was not doing good. And um, if her soul consciousness wanted it, I'm not God. Again, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not the second coming, but I'm an agent. I'm a healer. So I have to ask, you know, and I get hit that it was okay. So I started a prayer circle and I started, I lit a candle and I was praying nonstop for her. And she was in a coma and it was bad. But I kept feeling and I kept hearing them say, she's going to be healed. She will be healed. And I can tell when someone walks in my office whether they've been told by a doctor, which I don't feel it's okay for a doctor to say you only have uh, two months to live or you only have 24 hours to live because I don't feel someone can say that to someone. I don't know if you agree with me or not. No, I agree
3: a hundred percent. I mean,
1: they were telling my family member that you're not going to leave the hospital, but I felt she would be okay. So I started this and she woke up and her eyes opened and she is eating right now. Praise God.
3: Wow. Did it, did it happen in front of you? Did she open up her eyes in front of you or?
1: No, I'm home here praying and starting a oh. prayer for Oh, many wow. People.
3: Okay. Okay.
1: So I do this for many people. Yeah. And, and, and so the answer is yes. Praise God. Yes. You can put the energy of, of the energy of source back into people's bodies. Yes.
3: Did she, was she somewhere, like, did she have any remembrance of where she was when she came back into her awareness or anything like that? Not I sure. don't know. Yeah. Love, she woke up. To all, some she calls. woke yeah. up. That's yeah.
1: all that matters. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Wow. That's, that's great.
1: And she, I have many, many experiences with people where they've been told, You're not going to make it tomorrow. And they are living now two to three years later.
3: Wow. Can you do private sessions for people?
1: Yeah. Yeah. On my website, thehealingtrilogy.com, I do five, four days a week, Skypes, two days a week at my office. I've never shut down during COVID. Not one day.
3: Good for you. Yeah. That's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Rock on. What an amazing story and journey. I mean, holy. What was the website
2: again?
1: The Healing Trilogy. Dot
2: com. All one word.
1: Yeah, the healing, the the <laughs> healing, yeah, the healing trilogy.
2: Okay. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes and is that and where the you. book will be? The book comes out next month, December 7th. Uh where it'll be available, it'll be available obviously on your website, uh Amazon.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You guys are my favorite humans.
2: Oh <laughs> thanks. <Wow>.
3: Thanks. <laughs> It's been great. It's been great chat. Yeah. Nice to get to know you. And uh, yeah, we'll recommend people check your book out.
1: Thank you. Okay. I really appreciate awesome. it.
3: Awesome. Okay. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. I might be uh, getting in touch with you for a session.
1: Oh, I'd love that. Okay. Thanks. Okay.
3: okay. See ya. Bye you
1: guys. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.
2: And that was our chat with Kimberly Meredith. Uh, what'd you think, buddy?
1: Yeah, it was
3: uh, good. I, I like how it ended up flowing. I mean, I was a little concerned because this is like, uh, I, I mean, I guess it's different different now because we have these two shows. So they kind of overlap. Like we had a two-hour episode very similar on healing and stuff. So then we feel like we're doing this, all this healing stuff. But I mean, if people only listen Take to it. Take it up with the booker. If if people only, you can't do it. Things are rescheduled all the time. You cannot time it Are you properly. defending you the booker? I am. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? So, but. But the Grimerica Show, I don't know. I, I I'm not sure if we've had a lot of healing ones, but it sure feels like we've done a lot of these sort of spiritual healing ones. So we're gonna have to take a break from that. But this was a good this was a good one to sort of finish it off, I think. I mean, I think it ended up being
2: I'm looking forward to winter to catch up on some stuff. What, what'd you think? It was good. Yeah. yeah, I had a good time.
3: Yeah. I'm honestly this one I'm I might end up uh booking something. Yeah. For you? No. But for somebody else. I mean, it just fascinates me, These ND, the people that have had these NDEs, and then they have these mm. abilities. Like, I, I, I mean, it's just. Oh, I should take something. you to the shovel. But just, can we do it like just by injection or something? Or well, why can don't you do just go get your vaccine?
2: <laughs> she can almost
3: no, cause bring cause you back the, from the dead. That'll right? be your NDE. Back in you. That could no, be your you, NDE. No, 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 because it, it won't happen if it's a bioweapon.
2: Oh, the yeah, uh, the vaccines, a bioweapon, yeah, too? Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, yeah, of course. Dude. So, it's,
2: so it's double bioweapon? weapon.
3: It is. We're all. It, it, there's not many people going to stay out of, stay clean out of this. You're going to either get have to get the thing or the jab. You
2: know. And what if you get neither?
3: Um. Then you're, you're pure, in pure blood. blood. <laughs> Jinx.
2: I've heard that a couple times now. You guys are getting weird with this. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a fucking. True blood episode, <laughs> yeah, for fuck's sake. That's sakes. what I called it the other
3: day. I go, true blood? I'm like, no, that's not true blood. It's pure blood.
2: <laughs> you fucking weirdos. Big thanks to uh, Kimberly for coming on the show. Big thanks to Chad, who's coming out on the elk hunt, of course, uh, with Graham. And I am a uh, Miles. On the elk hunt. we'll probably record some hunt uh, episodes all out there. Hopefully, we'll get at least uh, an hour recording in or something. I mean, you always think you're going to get some recording, and then you don't. I know. But we're not allowed to do anything except sit in the hotel room because we don't have vaccine passports. I have to send miles in to get the Go, food.
3: We'll get coffee. We're going to cook
2: I got a bunch of food I'll bring out there. We got some steaks and some oh, pork chops. So, so right on. We'll eat good. All yeah. that stuff. Anyway, big thanks to Kimberly. Big thanks to Chad. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Big thanks to Graham for reading the book. Even bigger thanks if you're uh, one of the few people who choose to support the great work or the work. I don't know how you think the work is. I think it's pretty great sometimes. If you think it's pretty great sometimes too, head over to grammericaca slash support today and decide how great. A dollar a month, great. $2 a month, great. $50 a month, great. Maybe it's just a one-time donation, great. Maybe it's uh, email com and say, you hard suck. Great. You decide. com gets all the feedback. GrandAmerica.ca slash support. Send me some sightings
3: and, and like.
2: Trip reports.
3: Yeah, trip reports and spiritual experiences and stuff like that.
2: All that stuff. Yeah. And hate mail. Send some hate mail. Send some support. America healing support. stories. Support. Miracle can, healing stories. You can get the audio books. Uh, adultbrain.ca. Isis Unveiled Volume 1 just come out couple other ones ancient religion the chinese check all that stuff out get my book if you want you know i wrote a book this summer a canadian shame.ca to check that out or you can get it on amazon all that great stuff we love you guys thanks for listening and we will see you next week